Hello, my name is Chelsea Greenwood. And my name is Michael Oberst, and you're listening to This is the Pits. And this week we're covering a movie I like to call, and that is actually called, Meet Joe Black, starring Anthony Hopkins (laughs) and Brad Pitt. And let me tell you, I watched it twice. No, you didn't. You watched (laughs) this movie twice? No, I watched it in two sittings. Oh, yeah. I watched it in one. (laughs) I watched it in one because I, like... I like really wanted to take a break. This movie's three hours long, by the way. Yeah. I really wanted to take a break, but then I was like, I don't want to come back to it. Like, I want to watch it and be done watching it. So I take it that means you weren't wild about it. Well, no, I didn't dislike it. I just, I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't wild about it, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't dislike it as much as I was prepared to. You know what I mean? Yes. I thought that you were not going to like it because you had decided last week when you saw the length of it that you were like fuck this noise i just don't i just didn't want to sit through it but then i don't know it was like once once i started watching it and like once i saw um them getting ready for the party or whatever i was like oh this is this movie is going to need time to develop right and that's interesting that you would say that because i so i just finished it an hour ago oh wow yeah I mean, I tried to finish it last night, but I, fe- I kept falling asleep, basically, is what happened. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, not because of the movie, but because of my alcoholic lifestyle. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so it's like fresh on my mind, and I feel like I may have done a disservice because I haven't really, qual- I haven't really processed it. I don't, have mm-hmm. a, I don't have a, like, legit thesis on it. I can say that I liked it. And I liked Brad in it. Oh, see that I didn't. I did not like Brad in it. He he was so stiff. I think Anthony Hopkins well, was great. Anthony Hopkins is my first note was like Anthony Hopkins is a fucking genius. He's such Same. a great actor. It's crazy. That's my first note too. I wrote Anthony Hopkins is truly the most versatile actor of the nineties. I yeah. forget how big of a deal he was back then, and he was. He was like in everything, and we both. I mean, I don't know. Like, I do you think of him as someone who was in everything? Anthony Hopkins? No. I feel like he's like oh. parsed into like special magic movies. But he is actually I, he in everything. Of the Lamb. That's what I always think about is Science of the Lambs. So I think it's interesting. Um, when, I, when I mean to say about Brad's acting, though, is that not... I agree. Like once he turns into the devil, he, he's so stiff and awkward. But there are moments which he is... I think I'm beginning to see which he is the best, which is when he is in love and giving love and acting in love and kissing and crying. Like he's really good at that romantic thing. And if you'd allow me to just finish my thought, the last time he, we saw him that way was with legends of the fall alongside none other than Anthony Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins. who he affectionately calls Tony in all the interviews. I know Tony Hopkins. (laughs) Um, So funny thing. um, I was listening to, I was watching Brad Pitt, so, well, we should, before I make the statement, <laughs> 1998 was a big, big year for oh, Brad Pitt. And it's a big, big year in the world, too. I in the world. Things. Okay. You go Yeah, first. there's a lot. Okay, well, the only thing I was going to say is you mentioned that he's good at being in love. Mm-hmm. Um, when he did this interview on Oprah, which we will talk more about, yeah. he said, Oprah was like, what's the best gift that you could, that you've, um, what's your favorite gift to give? And he said, mm, love. And she said, what's your favorite gift to receive? And he was like, love. 
<laughs> yeah, let me tell you. I have seen... I have a quote that I pulled up, and he goes, I'm pretty much mush. I, somebody, I think it was Harper's Bazaar, was asking him what it's like to date him, and he said, I'm pretty much love. I'm pretty much mush. I like love. That's the best way I can say it. I'm a huge believer in love and why two people come together and, and what the potentialities are of that. So I call myself sappy, but I'm not. I'm not sappy. I think there's a huge value in love. Um, oh. I just mangled that quote, but point is, we got a real bleeding heart on our hands with this kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He loves to love. He loves to love love, as James Joyce said. Um, and there was a few moments where I really, like when he, the first time we see him in the in the coffee shop and she comes in and he's flirting with her, I'm like, this is the Brad. This is Brad Same. because he's not acting. It's so yes. fun to watch him be that way. And I think yeah. he's just like anti that feeling for some reason, like as if it has to do with looks. I'm like, just get in line, like get into your fucking lane, babe. I think you're right. I think you're right, but I think some of his best roles are the ones where he allows himself to be that. You know what I mean? Like, and exactly. it's so like when he came on screen, and that was also when I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking love this movie." Me too. When he came on screen, and he was doing that and like being good at being Brad. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna. I this is in. gonna be." Yeah, I was sold. And then he died, and I was like, "Oh god damn it!" And the He's way be so he died, I was like, "For fucks." Safe. Oh, I know. I love the way he died, though. He, like, really did cool. a back bank like, one car, other car. It's totally cinematic. Ridiculous. Um, so let's talk about 1998. Right. Let's set the stage for the world in which this movie was made and came out. Great. So my biggest thing was it was Monica Lewinsky's year. Ooh. It was actually not her year. <laughs> it wasn't her year, but it was, like, that was fucking wild. And now to think we have a president like Trump grabbing pussies. It's shocking. That that was such a yeah. big deal. Um, 1998, Google Inc. was founded in Menlo Park. Really? Mm-hmm. It was founded in September. This movie came out in November. It was the year of Matthew Shepard. You know about Matthew Shepard. I don't remember. The Wait, it sounds familiar, though. The Minnesota who like, got dragged for miles behind a car, and it was like a whole big gay rights movement, and there's a movie about it. Uh, mm. you, should, you should look into that. <laughs> Then... <laughs> that sounds like something i should probably know about yeah and then um the yankees won the world series but most importantly well, they always win the world series it's like every other year most importantly in june of 1998 there was a photograph taken of brad pitt and jennifer aniston smooching in washington dc yes yes this is the time when they begin dating and Oh, the glory years. Honestly, it's the glory years. Because after Jen comes br- fucking Angelina and he goes dark. But right now he's still bright and bushy-tailed. And everyone is obsessed because Jennifer Aniston is also at the peak of her career. She is fucking Rachel Geller. She is Rachel. There yeah. is every, like, like, two out of every three women had the Rachel haircut. Uh-huh. She is literally the biggest star. And Friends is the biggest show. And fucking Brad says... I want in. He wanted in. And uh, in he got. And he got in. And so it's weird because I was reading all these articles on Brad Pitt Press. Also, by the way, shout out to Brad Pitt Press. It's where I do all yeah, of my thank research. Thank you for doing the heavy lifting for us, Brad Pitt Press. Um, seriously, she has all of her articles, interviews, and translations marked by mm-hmm. year. So I could go and look at all of these articles from 1998. And it's all about how heartbroken he was by Gwen. 
yeah. and how excited he is about Jen, but how they're trying to keep it cool because he was so sick of having a public breakup. Right. And I thought, I thought that this was kind of fascinating. So 1998 Shakespeare in Love comes out, 1999, Oscars for 1998, Gwen wins fucking Actress of the Year. And I want to know how that affected Brad. Because he ain't never done, he ain't never done one, no Oscars still. I think it was okay because, well, 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture, didn't it? No, it won Best Director. But I'm talking about in this time in life. Yeah, well, I think him and Gwen were on good terms. I I see. I get the feeling that they weren't. I have a feeling that it was kind of bad, bad blood. I think, I think for no reason and no founding at all that she cheated on him. Really? I don't, I don't get that vibe. Because it was an it was an abrupt breakup. It was abrupt, but I think it was because they were. She was on her way to stardom. He was already there. I think I I don't know. I I get the sense that it was more like they were doing really well together, and he was like, "This is good, and I know this is good, and I want to get married." And she's like, "Wow, well, yeah, this is good, but like I'm starting to get kind of famous, and I don't know if settling down is something that I want to do right now." Yeah, she thought she was better than him. And so she fucked someone else. I don't know if she fucked someone else. I mean, she could have. Just let me have this. Because I, I okay, really, fine. I want to start disliking her actively. Okay. All right. I'll let now you that Jen, Now that Jen's on the scene. Because Jen is like America's sweetheart, you know? She's truly America's sweetheart. Still yeah. is. kind. Of. I love her. I love every movie that I've ever seen her in. Because they're my kinds of movies. You know what I'm have saying? Have you seen the newest one she's in? Dumplin'? No. <laughs> Do I want to? I don't know. It's a movie about... <laughs> It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I watched it because Ginger Minj, the drag queen, is in it too. Uh-huh. Uh, Dumplin. I don't know. Is it on Netflix? It's called Dumplin. There's <laughs> there's no G at the end. It's an apostrophe. Dumplin. I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> it's kind of a funny movie. It's it's silly. It's it's uh it's really a movie about self love. Well, that's the latest trend. It's all about self love these days. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, yeah, he starts dating Jen. He's on Oprah, and mm-hmm. Oprah cannot contain herself when, she, when he is on the show. Did you watch that interview? I watched the interview, and let me just say about the interview, that this is his first broadcast interview ever. He chose Oprah. Right. Yeah. Well, as he should. And she's, like, kind of sassituting him. She's, like, judging she, him. No, she's not. I, don't, I didn't get that. What he do you goes, mean? She goes, favorite candy. He says Twizzlers, and she goes, really? I've never well, met anyone Twizzlers. who likes Twizzlers. I love I Twizzlers. Mean, what a bitch. Favorite candy though? It's nobody it's favorite. What's your favorite candy? Twizzers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I, you're right though. It probably does say something about Brad's personality. Like Twizzlers, come on. How plain and boring. It's just plain. I don't know. My favorite is probably uh I love Kit Kats. Okay. All right. But uh, I can't eat them anymore because they have milk in them usually. Oh, but, I'd like to tell our audience that Michael became a vegan when he found out that Brad Pitt was a vegan. That's what a hardcore That's fan is. That's not true. <laughs> I was vegan before Brad Pitt was vegan. Um, another interesting thing about this interview I'm regarding sure veganism is that he said his favorite food was pizza. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't eating pizza no more. You're eating patchouli. No. <laughs> his favorite. I'm surprised he didn't say his favorite food is cigarettes because he was a pretty big smoker. Well, back what then. can you not live without? He, honestly, he's so boring. She's like, what can't you live without? And he's like, clothes. It's like, fuck you, Brad. Have a sense of fucking humor. And favorite gift to give, love. I mean, it's a funny, funny thing to say, but like, boring. I mean, s- snooze around town. Um, 
Oh, but did you see that she was like, what's your favorite TV couple? And he was like, ah, screw it. Ross and Rachel. Yeah. And I wrote that down. I laughed. It was cute. I did too. It was cute. It was cute. And also, Oprah was like, fucking, you know, flooding her basement. Oh, she like, was slipping and sliding, shaking and a sliding. <laughs> <laughs> I love young Oprah. That was when Oprah was like, fucking queen of the goddamn world. She still is, but now she's a little bit more refined. Then she was like sassy and like. And yeah. she was like actively. Now she's like queen of the world, and like it's just like if you see Oprah, she's on her magazine, and she's just like doing things where you're like, oh, Oprah. But like back yeah. then, it was like Oprah was building her empire. She was still you know just a I mean? personality. Now she's like the queen of Oprah. She's like Beyonce. It's like she's like on a different planetary level than the rest of us. You know what right. I mean? She's <laughs> is she? I don't know. If she still is, but for a long time she no, was she the richest is. Woman in the world. Oh, she, I don't know if she is anymore. No. Um. Let's talk about this movie, though, because I'm hoping, because I don't really have a solid opinion on it. I'm hoping that talking to you, we can come up with something. That's a, I'm like, Oh, my God. That's so funny, because I, I said the same thing to my boyfriend that I was like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. I have to talk to Chelsea to form yeah. an opinion. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay, so this is episode 16, by the way. Go us. Oh, 16. Look at us go. Sweet 16. So many people are like, I haven't listened or I have listened, but I'm just like so proud of you. I would have done one episode and never done it again. And I'm like, here's the thing, guys. I really fucking enjoy doing it. And it's not about you. I enjoy you. doing it. It's not about you at all. <laughs> nope. I kind of don't give a fuck. Like, it's kind of just fun to just do it. I love doing it. And also, we, we may not have a lot of downloads, but people who in my life who listen to it and like interact with me and like people are now asking me what movies I'm watching and like right. my opinion. I'm like becoming what we're doing is we were becoming specialists in the most <laughs> random thing in the world. And it's really so, fucking fun. I don't care. I love it. Um, also people are, I, I know that I've talked to a bunch of people and they were all saying how they're like, Oh yeah, your podcast. I, ha I still haven't listened to it because I, I haven't seen any of the movies recently. I just think it's cool that like I now can rely on you to help me form an opinion on things. Yeah, I mean, I know how I felt, but I don't know, like, I don't have, like, a hot take on it. At least not yet. Right. I might later as we get into it. Well, right. let's get into it now. We've kind of talked about 1998. Is there anything else you want to get into about that year? No, not really. I think we're good. Um, okay. I, I do have to say, I don't have a rating yet or a hardcore opinion, but I did enjoy watching it as I was watching it. Like, unlike the last few movies that we've seen, there was a sense of humor in this one. And the last all of his movies have had no funniness, especially that last one. Ooh, yeah. Um, seven years in Tibet uh, couldn't have seven taken years in Tibet more seriously if there were if it was like fucking AIDS. <laughs> I mean, it was literally about Nazis, so <laughs> kind of. It's like Nazis, cancer, and AIDS are the things that you like. <laughs> if you make a movie about it, it's going to be so serious. But Brad Pitt made a Nazi movie that was humorous. Also, what? there's that cancer movie that's humorous. What um, other movie? people. I did love that movie. So fucking good. Anyway, um, okay, so this movie opens. It's Anthony Hopkins, and he is uh, turning 65 soon, and so his and he's crazy fucking rich. Mm -hmm. His whole family, uh, mainly his one of his daughters, is planning his birthday party, which is going to be a banger of a party. Mm -hmm. Big ass thing, tuxedos only. Um, Bigger than the royal wedding. It's like the biggest party you've ever seen. <laughs> and she's um, like obsessed with it. And in fact, the first person we see is she, her freaking the fuck out about whatever the fuck. And I loved her. Yeah, and I said, welcome to the 90s. It is, this is a deep fucking 90s movie. 
It's Marsha Gay Harden, who okay. I will always know as the the doctor from Flubber. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's always what I will know her <laughs> as. As soon as I saw her, I was like, Flubber, that's Flubber. <laughs> She's an Oscar winner, I think. Not for Flubber. Let's see what she won her Oscar for, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> One of the one of the production coordinators that I worked with in um, San Francisco a lot, um, well, production managers, she had she was the production coordinator for Flubber, <laughs> and then wow. that was the only movie she ever did. And she was like, "I never want to do another movie again, so I only do commercials now." And she has she has an original Flubber script signed by uh, Robin. Robin Williams that Aww. that was like his gift for the whole cast. Oh, she's like me. Crew. I've also sworn off movies. Unless yeah, they're indies. I, I, I'm, I am off big budget, big name movies. There's no point in killing yourself. Unless you're really I'm, behind I'm kind of it. off all movies. Because even, even if you do an indie movie, it's the same. Except it's just, it's, a, it's the same amount of stress, just a different kind. Yeah, like, but I have more say in indie. Like, I have an actual active role in making the movie, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's still just a sprint of stress. I'd rather do TV. Anyway, um... Sorry. Okay, so so sidetracked. Okay, yeah. let's. So anyway, they're planning this party. Um, he has heart trouble and is like hearing a voice say "yes" is the answer to your question, which I never fully got why mm-hmm. why he was saying that. No, I don't think there uh, was a point to it. I think it was just like there's a creepy thing happening, and audience needs to guess what it is. No, there was. I think they did answer it at the end, but who knows? I don't <laughs> didn't really figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Then there's a scene where Brad Pitt is at a coffee shop with um, Anthony Hopkins' youngest daughter, mm-hmm. who is in a relationship with a guy who works with Anthony Hopkins, her mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her and Brad Pitt hit it off. Um, it's like this whole thing where her dad is telling her, like, don't get married to Drew just because he's here. Like, you need to feel like lightning strike. Yeah, you deserve love like, like I have with your mother. Right. Um, and then she has this great chemistry with Brad Pitt. She leaves. They have a great conversation. He, okay, just want to pause here. This is when yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, hello, Brad, you're back. Yep. And I believe exactly. you. And I have a smile on my face watching you. And this is the role that you're supposed to be playing. Yep. Carry on. No, I agree. Like it was, it was, I was like, Brad Pitt, like, Thank God he's on screen right now. This is what I like seeing Brad Pitt do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he walks outside and he gets hit by not one, <laughs> no. but two cars. Yeah, but the director set it up in this way where, like, they both, they, like, walk away from each other and they're walking in opposite directions. And then she turns yeah. around, but he's looking the other way. And then he turns around, but she's looking the other way. And then she turns around. And it's like, the the director's like, just in case you didn't know, these two people are really, really into each other. And he's so starstruck. By her, that he stands in the middle of the road, <laughs> gets hit by one car, and then literally... And while he's in the air, <laughs> he gets hit by another car. And it's like so Neither cool. car even attempts to slow down. <laughs> and it's so clearly like a fucking crash test dummy. It's shocking. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck. We're going to lose the Brad that I've always liked. And we're going to need a new Brad, which we end up doing. Yeah, and new Brad's not as good. New Brad is actually brain dead. <laughs> he plays that character as if he's a brain dead person. So basically, so, he's kind of playing like the vampire from Interview of the Vampires, just like yeah, so- meets like Dumb and Dumber. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was like almost goofy. Yeah. Well, that's so, that is one thing I did like about this movie is that there was a patina of humor throughout the whole thing, which I thought was great considering that like this movie is about the devil wanting to like experience what it is to be alive for a few days, which is a joke of a thing. And I wrote in my notes like I'm happy that this movie was made because it wouldn't be made now and also like it actually doesn't make any sense at all. No, it does not make any sense at all. And it's I don't yeah, it, that that's my problem with it is I think that I did like the I mean when Anthony Hopkins is on screen, he's just so good. Like he's so fucking good. It's really remarkable. Like that is what acting is about. He yeah, what he even if Brad Pitt is doing this weird, stiff, robotic thing, mm-hmm. when Anthony Hopkins is on screen, he carries totally. everybody else. Totally, totally. And, and so it's, it's, he makes it more watchable. And I forgive the fact that it's three hours because of Anthony Hopkins. Um, also, I have to say, I really liked the cinematography. There were a few shots that I yeah, wanted to like screenshot too. and be like, this is beautiful. It was really good looking. But in a really unsuspecting way, unlike um, like Seven Years in Tibet, where it's like these gorgeous landscapes you can't help but like. There were a few right. frames, like in the boardroom, for instance, the way that they were standing, and like there was a oh, lot, yeah, yeah. you know, there was a lot of like, oh, this is a really good looking movie, which it I just really made like. it look interesting. Yeah, which I I really appreciate that because it it didn't have to be that way. It also did yeah. not did not need to be three hours long. No, it did not. And there is another the- version of it that they made for airplanes and for cable um, that cut out the whole business side of things. So that whole Anthony Hopkins getting betrayed by his daughter's husband, like all of that shit is gone and it's just the love story and Anthony Hopkins staring down the barrel of death, which we should watch that maybe one day. Mm, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe if I'm on an airplane, I will. Um. I, I I don't know. I, I sort of, I, I don't know. I, I like Anthony Hopkins and I, I don't hate the storyline. I just even. think, I think Brad Pitt slowed it down a little with his like weird stiffness. And also I got to say, I identified a lot with Drew, <laughs> her husband. Her, that sniveling rat fink? Fuck they, that dude. They made him. Michael Oberst. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. They made him seem like such a cock he, from the start. Okay. And in what world is he not a cock? Please explain. I'm so upset with you. <laughs> well, by the, yeah, you are. Well, by the end, he was a dick. But throughout the movie, when he's like trying, he's just trying to do his job. Like his. His father-in-law brought him in to do, to like do this merger, and suddenly this young dude who's like younger than everyone shows up <laughs> and, and is following than anyone around. on the planet. <laughs> yeah, and hot and very stupid is <laughs> doesn't say with, anything. That was a huge plot hole too. Know, we'll come back to that. Yeah, he doesn't even know how to like introduce himself. Doesn't have a name, <laughs> and it's like so weird. Like Anthony Hopkins just shows up with him, and and Drew, and everyone's like. I love, I, by the way, I love the bald dude who's, like, just super nice. Yeah, <laughs> I love Quince. Him. Yeah, um, Quince. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, so good. Um, he's just, like, so accepting. But Drew's like, 
hold on, hold on, excuse me, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> nobody like, else why the fuck is... And nobody, nobody else, else is saying does. that. That's why I identify with him is because everyone's like, it's Joe Black. What are you talking about? It's just Joe Black. Yeah. And he's like, no, who is this well, man? That... And why the fuck is he here? <laughs> sure. I like that he was curious about who the guy was because what the fuck, why wasn't anybody else? I think it was because they all trusted their father and they would never question him because he's such a powerhouse. Let me just finish this, the plotline extremely quickly. I'm going to do a super quick thing, okay? So... So they fall in love, love at first sight, but then he dies. And then cut to Anthony Hopkins is like having a heart attack. And the voice that he's hearing materializes as the body we've just seen who is in the coffee shop. Right. Um, who is Brad Pitt, but it's really the devil and who just needed a body. Uh, no, death. Not the devil. Sorry, just death. Yeah. It's the, the angel of death or death incarnate, whatever. Yeah. Who is like kind of a nice guy and is just like doing his necessity in life, which is like killing, but it's not sinister and he's not scary um he no, yeah. reincarnates in the body of brad pitt who we'd just seen hit by a car and he basically makes a deal with anthony hopkins which is like i can kill you right now or i can keep you around for a couple days so you can like tie up your loose ends if you just like show me your world and he says okay fine doesn't bat an eye <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't go see eye. a psychiatrist <laughs> my yeah right my whole thing is like wh wh why is um why is this movie happening? There's no stakes. <laughs> right. You know? So, okay, so Joe Back lives in the world with him. He goes to his uh, board meetings. Anthony Hopkins is the richest. He's like, you know, mogul. He's like, everybody knows him. He, he owns a big comms company. And in the course of this few days, he falls in love with Claire Forlani, who is Susan, who is Anthony Hopkins' daughter, who's a doctor. And she's falls in love with him. Now it's gotta be just a purely physical thing because they don't talk about anything ever. Right. Right. Like they had a wonderful sparkling conversation in the coffee shop when he was a completely different person. And Actually then, a different person. Literally a different person. Yeah. And then he's now the stiffest person who doesn't understand <laughs> what taxes are. Yes. And... It's like, if you could see the, the fucking, you know, when you're in a hospital and they have like the beep, beep, it's like his brain would just be a flat line, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah, he's crazy. nothing. And it wasn't was good weird. acting. And also, no, it, wasn't good acting. it wasn't good acting, but we'll get to that in a second. So anyway, just to finish the story, they, she's like, I love him. I love him. And he's like, I love you. And they fuck. And they're, the oh, sex, that scene. sex scene is crazy. Just, it's all close up on face and it goes on for an hour. And it's like, this is a three hour movie that did not need to be a three hour movie. You could have cut that cut scene, that sex scene into two minutes. That was like an eight minute sex scene. It was scene. very long. Like, we watched them orgasm and everything. But in which he cries. And again, I was like, that's acting, Brad. When he's, he does cry. His lip he cries crumbles. during sex. Yeah, because it was his first time. He didn't know what it was like to be a human. Basically. Oh. Whatever. And then and then she fucking called him out too. She's like, she's like, you make love like someone who's making love for the first time. And he's like, oh, <laughs> weird. And he's like, thank you. And she's like, do you like making love with me? And I'm like, if you say make love one more time, <laughs> I'm gonna punch someone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm gonna they make fuck, poop. and then all of a sudden they're madly in love, and basically, um, I don't know. His birthday party. Joe Blacks is like my birthday party. He's like tonight's the night. Because I think I'm done here on earth because I can't truly love your daughter because she doesn't truly know who I am and he's learning about love. And then he dies and kills Anthony Hopkins, I guess, at his 65th birthday. 
he just like disappears and then he comes back as the guy from the coffee shop in the final scene. Right. Okay, so that's like the that's like the broad broadest stroke, which is that like she falls in love with him, he says I got to go, she goes don't go and then he comes back as the guy she met in the coffee shop. So weird. And I... then I'm like, here's my question about that. His name's probably not Joe. <laughs> right so like what is she he's like i'm peter (laughs) she's like joe you came back he's like what are you talking about my name's sam (laughs) he's like what are you talking about also where am i so a few things i didn't cover in that which was there's this she's a doctor and they and she has this like dying patient who like is from the caribbean islands oh yeah (laughs) again with the accent brad pitt with another accent (laughs) And I gotta say, his Jamaican accent is a better Irish accent than his Irish accent. I read, you know a, I, mean? I read an article in this Vanity Fair, I think, or Harper's Bazaar, where she was like, you're not good at accents, are you? And he was like, no. Nope. Oh, and he's like, nope. <laughs> he's like, I'm not. Yeah, well, he's like, for I'm everybody bad. else. like. At least he admits it. At least he's not, like, completely deluded about his accent abilities. Like, he's all, no, I'm not... And he's like, it's because I'm from Missouri. Which... Yeah. He's like, we sound like we chew through our teeth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, so his Jamaican accent, um, he went for it. I thought he it's did a just... good job. And I actually liked him when he was commuting with her. Genuinely. Me too. I like... So that's what I'm saying. Like the, his character of Joe Black, I thought was like basically Frankenstein. However, there's moments where he really shines. Yeah. <clears throat> and that Definitely. was one of them. Um, and also, I like that someone recognized him as who he was. Me too. And like, I like that it was her, like yeah. this really superstitious person. Yeah. Um, other thing I'd like to point out is Claire Forlani. Okay, the the lead girl. Yeah. So when she first busts into the scene, she's got the most beautiful face, and I look at her and I go, "Your face is so beautiful," and her lips are like luscious and beautifully colored. But she's always looks like she's about to cry. And I didn't like yeah. looking at her. Like, she looks anxious and like she's about to cry the entire time. And it gives me like a, sh- a spilkis. Like, I can't, I don't enjoy watching her. And I don't believe in her love. And I don't believe in their love. And I, I hate to say this because I think I say this a lot on this podcast, which is that like we didn't need the love story. But obviously, we didn't need the love story because it was the arc of the movie. But like, I didn't need the love story. I didn't believe in them at all. I love that this movie is a full-blown romance yeah. drama. Uh-huh. And you're like, I didn't need the love story. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need it to be about like shooting stars. I can't live without this kind of person love. I would have liked it more if it was more. I just, it could have been. It's not that I didn't need the love story. It just could have been more intriguing. It could have been more um, realistic, I guess. Even though the whole thing isn't realistic. I think I think that maybe this movie either needs to cut a bunch of shit and be, just be a shorter movie or they need to just make it they should have just made it like a, a like a four episode mini series where they can <laughs> sort of explore more stuff and let and have Brad Pitt like have clear he maybe it was the director's fault like maybe the director wasn't clear enough on like what his character should be like I'm sorry to interrupt but I read a lot about he did a lot of press for this movie, which he hasn't done for the last couple. Yeah. And he says time and time again that this was a really tough role for him. Um, 
he said, I was lost because there wasn't a lot of research I could do and no one I could interview because like, how do you play the devil? He was like, this one came directly from me. I had no touchstones, you know, which hmm. is not interesting. And Brad Pitt is a, is a character actor. And I think his style of acting is really to delve into. He's a very committed actor. So I think having nobody yeah. to research and nothing to sort of pull from nowhere, maybe not be his strong suit. But I think you're right. He was lifted up from that because of his ability to be good at romance. And I, I genuinely, I think he would scoff at me saying that, but I think he, that's like, he's safe in that zone. He is. And I mean, you're right. He would definitely not love that that's your analysis, but, but it's true. Like yeah. he is naturally very good. He, he said himself, he loves love and it shows he's good. He's oh. good at loving and he's good at being lovable. Absolutely. And and you want to love he has him. that you know I mean? he has that he's really good at that like crooked smile smirk thing, you know? Yeah. And which is he, he does that. Melt in the knees. Yeah, and he does that even when he's playing this dumb dumb death guy, he still has that sometimes and he he has good comedic timing. So like, yes, the general character was bad, but like I like to see those whispers of Brad not taking himself too fucking seriously again. And I I think we're going to be in this. It's almost like where he's, this is at the beginning of him being like, I don't give a fuck. I'm happy with Jen. I'm making good. And I think that the next movie that we watched, which is fight club, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think that there is going to be some of that because it's, it's, I think it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a movie that is one of his most famous movies. Yeah. And I think that there is a little bit of a humor to it. Absolutely. Um, when Brad so Pitt be... takes himself too seriously, we're just like, why are we watching you? When he like lets go, it's great. I mean, this I feel like this movie marks sort of the end of an era. Or it's like this this feels like to me it the ending of like this like really intense period of movies that he's chosen. You know? And I think ironically, the the his his decision to make these movies where he plays a heartthrob or not a heartthrob where he plays a um super super serious like passionate person mm-hmm. only makes him kind of pigeonhole himself as sexy because well passion is sexy so like right he as someone who's like being super serious all the time i think it's only further ingraining that vision of brad pitt is a serious like person that is desirable he's like a heartthrob and and he was actually trying to not have that he wanted to do those things to be a serious actor 100 percent. which is to say i mean he's 34 when this movie comes out he turned 34 like when this movie came out right which he doesn't look that old no he doesn't he does 34 isn't that old excuse me you son of a bitch you may be an infant but i'm 32 and i ain't (laughs) far behind no, what you're I'm, not. What I'm I, trying to say, I, though, is 34 is a youthful... And he's only been, you know, on the scene for, like, four years. I think that kind of thing of, like, I'm going to rebel, I'm going to be, like, very clear about what I want is such a youthful yeah. thing that always backs all of us into a corner where we're like, I'm an artist, mom. I'm going to yeah. wear black, mom. And it's like, okay, well, you're you're just being the bitch I've told you you've been. And then you're like, then you become a true artist, or at least for me, and I'm like... I don't give a fuck. I just do what makes me happy and I don't need to. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, you're an artist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, you, you can't, yeah, no, you can't force true. the issue. You just are who you are. Yeah. And like also 
you have to have a little bit of humor about what you do, no matter how seriously you take something. Right. If you can't laugh at it a little bit and laugh at just how ridiculous, first of all, how ridiculous it is, I don't know, maybe this is just me and my insecurities, but it's it feels ridiculous to take anything super seriously, anything at all. And so you have to laugh at it a little bit. Oh my God, and, and Hollywood is the fucking quintessential, like, Jesus Christ, you guys may be making millions of dollars, but you're not saving anything. You're not doing anything good for this world. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take yourself off company. of your goddamn throne. You know? Yes. Doing like I just did a commercial for a tech company and I I mean, everyone <laughs> on it was really nice, but they all take the tech company so seriously. And the tech, it's not even like. It's not even like, you know, donating blood to like dying koalas or something. It's like just like something really basic. And it's it's like you're not like, why are we like all jerking each other off here? It's yeah. not that big of a deal. No, I like they, it so makes, that's why I left San Francisco. I just couldn't deal with it. And that's why I left L.A. I don't like these like whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> I digress. I, let me bring this. Speaking of people who are like on top of their thrones. I'm moving to the other Anthony Hopkins' character. I thought at some point we were going to see him be a dick or a tyrant or bad. But the whole point of the movie was that he was a good guy. And that's why Death chose yeah. him. And I really liked that. I liked that he was a he noble was a person who loved his family. And it, I, I guess I just wasn't expecting that. I was expecting him to sort of fight with Death. But it was kind of beautiful that he never did. And he taught Death about life. And I think that core of the movie, like that message and that relationship between the two of them i really liked and so that part too. of the movie i liked um you know what else was good oh sorry finish your thought well i was just gonna say which is why the romance thing not that i want to do away with it but it just didn't it just didn't um settle as it just wasn't as comfortable didn't for land me. yeah no I, I agree i think um i mean basically we're just saying the same thing that that <laughs> anthony hopkins is <laughs> it's the a dream angel. yeah of course and, and also all- i here's the thing i didn't like that it was three hours long because of my life, who has got three hours? <laughs> who has three hours? But I didn't also hate that it was three hours. Like, Seven Years in Tibet was shorter, and I hated that it was so long. Oh, my God. That one was unbearable. This movie, I didn't really hate it that much. I did it in theory, but Great. not in practice. And yeah. Brad Pitt said something. He was like, I really liked, because all the criticism about this movie was that it was too long. Like, in all the reviews, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And so this vanity, this bizarre person um, asked him. She was like, well, why... She was like, what do you think about the three hours? She was like, I think it's too long. And he was like, I really, really liked it. And I really um, respect and admire our director for making it that long, even though everybody was telling us not to keep it that long. He was like, it's like there was the length gave it time to open up and breathe like a fine wine. And I have to say, I didn't disagree with him on that, which I thought right. I was well, going to. That's what to. I meant at the beginning. That's yeah. what I meant at the beginning when I was like, I, I, as soon as I saw that opening scene, I was like, this movie needs time to develop. Yeah what it's going to be about. And that, I think that I still think that that's true. I think it, it either needed to be cut down a lot and be just a different movie, like cut out the romance thing and just make it kind of about yeah. this guy and his relationship with death um, or make it even longer and right. really let each individual thing fully develop. I think like, you're a hundred percent right about that. Cause it was sort of like at the end, the final scenes, you're just like, Oh, 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 okay. All right. Done. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I I think uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie actually was where um, Marsha Gay Harden, the daughter who's planning the birthday, and Anthony Hopkins have a moment. I can't with that. That was a really good part. Like it was good acting all around, and I wanted 
It was a great Wasn't part. It good? It's a great it part, great. but Jesus, when she's like, you don't have to have a favorite. Just know that you've always been mine. <gasps> what? I know. I know. What? It was good. Oh my God. And I loved it. He, the way he responds to her is also really good. He like he's, he could have said, I don't have a favorite. He was like, he's not denying it. He's no. just like, well, you know what? I love you though. You know, yeah. like it doesn't matter. Like it, like, he's uh it was yeah. so so i and like that relationship totally could have been developed more i guess if it was developed more than we the would relationships could have yeah it's interesting because it's like you're right but i was sitting there thinking like with seven years into bed i was like this could be shorter because of this 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 and this and like i would cut this out or i would make this three separate things i kept trying to think um in preparation for this podcast watching the movie mm-hmm. that like, what would I cut out? What would I need to change? And honestly, I, I couldn't think of it. I couldn't be like, this could have gone, aside from the sex scene going on for too long, I, it's not like I missed anything. It's not like, I don't know. I think everything was kind of necessary and could have either been expounded upon or fully cut out, like you said. I'm just repeating what you said with longer words. Right. Yeah. Um, but. So, okay. Um, I... Did think it was also funny that he loved peanut butter so much. That was a little <laughs> silly gimmick. Yeah, there's little silly gimmicks. Like right before Anthony Hopkins is about to walk into his death, he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. I've danced with my daughter. I've made amends with Marsha Gay Harden. I've like put Wes in his place. He goes, allow me, Joe, to like tell you what I'm thankful for. You know, thank you for letting me have this time with my family and thank you for teaching me about the value of life or whatever. And Joe goes, no, thank you, Anthony Hopkins, for showing me life. You know, I'll never forget you. And Anthony goes, don't blow smoke up my ass. It'll ruin my autopsy. <laughs> right before oh, he's yeah. about to walk into death. And I, say, I love that there's humor in this movie. It could have been, I guess it's like, it could have been an absolute lack of humor and it wasn't. So no, therefore yeah, I they... liked it. Like, I think I... Talk, I think I liked this movie. <laughs> well, let's. I think it might be time for us to do our ratings and money and all that stuff. Okay. Um, anything else? Let's just let me look through my notes really quick, just to be sure. Uh, so she's fucking death, and there's no implication to that. There's no implication to the fact that death's in love with a human being. Were we supposed to think yeah. of that, or was I that don't just... know? That's a good point. Like it, it's like. Is that a metaphor for something? Is there something like, is there some supernatural thing that's going to happen? Is she going to give birth to like baby death? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just was like, I get that they're in love, but that didn't check out for me. Also, but why I, I might, my question was also, why are they even in love? Because here's what I was thinking. This is, what... she's boring. He's boring. Well, Maybe that's why they're both. Here's boring. my theory. First of all, sometimes love is blind. Also, in a more meta and more philosophical sense, I was thinking about this. She's a doctor. And doctors' whole jobs are to fight off death. Okay? And then mm. in walks death, and he's face-to-face with someone whose whole profession is to fend him away. Mm. And it's like yeah, a Romeo and Juliet. It's kind of a Romeo and Juliet sort of a situation. Yeah, star-crossed lovers. If you think of it that way. But also, I think it's just like... Two hot people need to fuck when they see each other, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, she does. She sort of has those Christian Slater eyes where she's like, they're I'll like squinty. I can't stand it. But you know what? When I first started watching the movie, I was like, she's really, she has this really natural beauty. And like, I really she's like gorgeous. watching her on screen. She's gorgeous. Why isn't she in more movies? But then by the end of the movie, I was like, if she is on screen one more <laughs> fucking time. 
exactly. I'm going to eyeballs. Exactly. Like you see her and you're like, wow, she's stunning. Like she walks into a room and you're like, fuck, that is a gorgeous face. Like spec- yeah. that is a specimen of a human. But then she's yeah. like, I, our podcast listeners can't hear this, but she's like, I'm Chelsea making, I'm making, a- making some very weird faces. Like she's <laughs> having some very bad cramps. Should I take, now take a screenshot and we'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Where is that button? There we go. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I'm in the screenshot too. I can't just like slouch all weirdly. Great. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think you're 100. I think we're. I think we are aligned on this movie. So, I think so too. Do you want to talk budge? I'll do ratings, and then we'll do our own ratings. Deal. Um. Okay. So opening weekend was November 13th, 1998. Mm-hmm. It opened <laughs> at number three. Wait. Um. Yeah, it did not. It was not the number one in the box office. It's opening weekend. Oh, I have one thing it, to say. Sorry. Oh, oh okay, I forgot. Okay. So there was an opening weekend, like a pre-opening weekend that it aired in four cities, L.A., New York, San Francisco and Springfield, Missouri. And he went to this Missouri one. I saw that. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I read an interview with his brother, Doug. About what it's like to be Brad Pitt's brother. I'll put a link on it to it on our Instagram. Yeah. I just wanted to say? point it out. He made everybody who go to the, who went to the screening. There was two screenings in Springfield that weekend. One was at the local theater, and it was forty dollars a ticket for charity to help Springfield. And then the other one was at like a gala, and it was one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket for anyone who wanted to attend. And all the money went to help Springfield. And I said, Brad, finally, you know, finally, Brad, doing something for good. Although it's so funny that they're like just broadly helping Springfield, like yeah. Springfield. <laughs> It's out in the middle of nowhere. They need yeah. a little bit of help. Yeah. Send money. Yeah. But I was like, he's bringing it back home. Like he's, a, he, I read time and time again that he's a country boy. Every, every article I read is like, Brad Pitt is a fucking guy from the country. And yeah, you can't escape. Totally. He, he may be the most famous person in the world, but he's a guy from the country. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Movie opens at number three. Um, it's behind Waterboy, which is on its second or Shut third week. Shut up. Yeah. Wowzers! Um, that is funny. <laughs> well, that was that's peak Sandler, like Gr- Sandler on the rise. I would. I'm gonna watch that movie right now. It's a great movie. Um, also, it was oh, it opened behind what the movie called "I Still Know What You Did Last Summer," which I don't. That was the number two movie. That was the sequel to "I Know What You Did Last Summer." You don't know those right. movies? No. Oh my god, Michael! That just goes to show your age. Um, they were hor- they were like screams. Screams. You know it's about Scream, oh. right? Um, yeah, I do know that. With Jennifer Love Hewitt. But how much did it cost to make the movie? Oh, shit. I don't know how much it cost to make it. I think it was um, 90... I... I think it was 90 million dollars. Um, well, it made 15 million dollars on its opening weekend. Owie bazowie. If, if I'm yeah. right, then that is the biggest owie bazowie I've ever heard. Yeah, it's not good. Um... And its domestic, its total domestic gross was forty four point six million. Uh, so that's not. Oh, you're right. Oh my God, its production budget was ninety million. Oh my God, because they had those beautiful landscapes. It was all in Manhattan, and they had those house. Like, that house alone, the location budget on that, and the and the cast, Anthony Hopkins and Brad Pitt in one movie. And the background, the amount of act like background they had to have for like almost every other scene, yeah, crazy. But it was so yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Brad Pitt. It's wow, like so they its were total worldwide gross was half the budget. No, 
Its total domestic gross was 44.6. Its total worldwide gross was 142.9 million, which is not very good considering they had a $90 million budget. They didn't make any money on this movie at all. Yeah, they did. They made about uh, probably 50 million. That's nothing. Well, it's something to little old me, but to a giant studio, it does not, it's not a very good return rate. That's called an FLO up. A flop. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 40, 44 domestic gross is bad. When you have to depend on your foreign, I don't know. It's like, yeesh. Oh, shit. Yeeps. Okay. Uh-oh. Hold on. I spilled water on my computer, but I think it's okay. It didn't get to the keyboard. Everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. Oh, I spelled it on my work computer too. Hold on. Oh God. This is... <laughs> Hold on. This is Hold disaster. on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. I think we're in the clear. Close call, huh? Is everything okay? Yeah, but you know when you get that feeling. <laughs> you, get yeah, that, you, get, you get the fear. You get the <laughs> <laughs> um, I just am not going to plug it into power because it got right where the power socket was. Um, I was going to tell you something. Oh, okay. Ratings. Are we ready for ratings? I'm ready for ratings. Okay. Well, what's the critics rating? So, IMDb, <clears throat> 7.2. Okay. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes is a 51. Metacritic okay. is 43. Hmm. Google is 92. Now. Google. So fucking, it's like so random with Google. Google is, yeah, Google, I don't know how they, I should probably look into how they calculate all that. But are you ready for the EW? Oh, yeah. They're probably going to give it a, I'm going to guess EW would give this a um, B plus. Okay. Let me read to you two snippets from the article, and then I'll tell you the score. Okay. The opening of this article is this. Like a piece of taffy stretched, stretched, stretched until it barely even has a shape anymore. Meet Joe Black, a a meticulously gooey two-hour and 50-minute mystical romantic weeper, may be the most piquant example of this year of a movie in which more turns out to be less. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Breast turns even the unbuttoning of clothing before a love scene into an epic art event, and he tacks on so many endings that you start praying for the afterlife. When you finally reach the last ending, it barely even makes sense. Oh, wow. That's harsh. (laughs) I just love the fucking poetry of these EW reviews. Um, But they give it a B minus. A B minus. B minus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's sort of where I'm at, actually. I might actually align with EW on this. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with Brad's hair. Oh, okay. Uh, Brad's hair. Oh, not good. I didn't Horrible. like it. It's it's like a like a three. Yeah, I'm at a. I'm just gonna say a four because that's where my guts lied. But like, ew, I what the cut was bad. Everybody insists on making him platinum blonde all the time. I don't understand why they do that. It's because he has blue eyes, and secretly Hollywood is run by Nazis. Yeah, fair enough. And Jews somehow. Um, somehow well, they're, <laughs> the they're the same, aren't they? Yeah, and then um, his performance. This is a tough performance. Game. Also, kind of well. God, There's some golden moments. There are some golden moments, but crying during sex was a little much for me. I thought it was great. Um, I loved every intimate moment he had. I loved. I don't want to get away from the ratings. Too. No, no. I always do this. I always like tell you my opinion. Well, as let me hear your rating first, because I always give mine first. I want to hear yours first. Um, on his acting. Six. 
six. Listen, if I were just going off of him being that like awkward dawdling death character, I'd give him a four, but or three. But I think he had the comedic timing. He gave it his all. He had no touchstone for research, which is what he's comfortable in. I thought he was really good at like turning back on when he turned back into to the guy, and I believed that he was in love. I'm so, gonna give him a five because I didn't believe that he was in love because I didn't believe her enough to believe him and i i would have given him a four but it's because of his redeeming qualities of when he was acting as the coffee shop guy yeah that i was like yeah brad pitt is charming and fun but like when he like so much of him in the movie just was so uncomfortable and like in like a way that like i don't know i just when i see when he's alongside anthony hopkins it's making him look bad because I've seen him act alongside Anthony Hopkins and look really good. Well, here's the thing. Legends of the Fall. I don't think we're ever going to see him do better than that. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. And maybe Moneyball. I love that movie oh, so I've much. I've never seen Moneyball. Okay, well, that's I'm just a saying, long like, um, Legends of the Fall is the only thing that we've both agreed is the best. Like, that's our litmus for him doing good, which is so interesting. Because I have heard from multiple people that, mo- that, that they don't like that movie. I've heard... So, funny that you should say that, because I, uh, all week, have been being like, I need to find three hours in my week to watch Meet Joe Black. And everybody's like, why, for your stupid podcast? And I'm like, yes, bitch, for my stupid <laughs> podcast. And they're like... One guy was like, I'm going to watch Meet Joe Black this week. And they're like... He's like, oof, I'm sorry. But then, two people that I love and respect are like, it's one of my top five movies of all time. I really fucking love this movie. And I'm like, well, ask, okay, ask those people if they have seen when the last time they watched it. Because sometimes I talk to people about movies that I'm watching and like what I think about them. And they say, they say pretty much what critics at the time say. No, and, my friend Sharon, she's like my best friend in the world. I told her I was watching this and she like got sick and had to stay home. And so she watched the movie and she was like, oh, I'm so excited for you. You're going to fucking love it. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. And then this guy I've been hanging out with said the same thing. It's like it went in his top favorites. And I'm like, I, it's difficult because we, we're watching movies from a future lens. But I don't know. I just thought it was a... I think this is a very polarizing movie. I think you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. I felt completely... I know that I liked it more than I thought I was going to, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, I, I liked it more than I thought I would, but I didn't love it, love it. So let's, what's, what about your movie overall? I think 6.5, 7. Okay. 6.8. 6.8? Yeah. Okay. 6.8 feels good to me. I think I might just do a 6, like a flat 6. Okay. Because I didn't actually hate it, but it was just okay. Okay, great. 6.8 for you. Oh, I think um, that's a great that's a great score for us. Yeah. I feel happy I think about we, that. It did okay. This movie did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Oh, one last thing. Have we gotten any emails yet? Still no. Still no. Here's the thing. I know people are listening. So you fucking guys, email us, please. <laughs> We're desperate. That's, here's the thing. I don't think people are listening this far in. No, no, they're not. Um, but if you are, tune in next email week us. for Fight Club. Fight Club, baby. And you know what? I think a lot of people are going to listen to Fight Club because um, it looks like you're getting a package. I'm getting <laughs> a package. see the background. 
You can see in the background, it looks like someone just dropped off a package outside of your house. Oh, that's funny. Anyway. Um, Fight Club um, is going to be interesting. It's our second visit with David Fincher, and I haven't seen this movie since it came out, or the year it came out. I saw this movie out. when I was in high school. Yeah, so um, I was in, so the year is 1999, right? Yep. Um, so I was in, I was in sixth grade or seventh grade, and I thought it was profound, so I can't wait to revisit it as a grown-up. I I did think it was profound. The, well, I had this thing where I thought it was profound the first time I watched it. Second time I watched it, I thought it was garbage. And the third time I was like, oh, I wow. thought it was so garbage So you're still. a diehard fight club. So I'm glad that you just gave away the well, ending to our next podcast. No, well, <laughs> I, here's the thing is I, I haven't watched it in years. And I think my opinion will probably have changed since then. Um, I think I'm still going to like it. And I'll tell you why. Ed Norton is my favorite. He would be your favorite. Okay, well, don't suck my dick off. <laughs> By that I mean, okay, well, don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not judging you. What, is, what does that mean about favorite. me? Why Why is that? Because he has that face that is just Chelsea Greenwood cannot resist. <laughs> and he He's has, a good actor. <laughs> and he, he has like that nerdy genius vibe, which oh, you would love. You know I love a nerdy genius. <laughs> it's my favorite Who thing. also is charismatic, yeah. So he's, I Honestly, mean... welcome to everyone I've ever dated. <laughs> a charismatic, <laughs> nerdy genius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's what um, I am. It's true. You are a charismatic, nerdy genius. Yes. Anyway, followers, Instagram. Michael, what is it? Instagram. At this is the pits pod. Twitter. The Pits Pod. We still only have one follower, and we have never received an email, so I'd say this podcast is going pretty well. <laughs> I'd say we're shooting <laughs> off to fame. <laughs> Watch the first email we get be from Brad Pitt himself. Listen, I got an in. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, but I got a real hardcore in. And I think if we, when we get to like episode seventy six, there's another Brad yeah. Pitt movie that's coming out before we're done with the podcast, which is exciting. At the time we're done. He will maybe be retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway. that, that was great. That was Meet Joe Black. Thanks for tuning in. Watch uh, Fight Club next week, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.